You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Store, or check out our website, www.gprestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court, a lovely chat with the Mr. Warren Hayes, right here on Brain Buster Radio. <laughs> no, I didn't stutter. That's right, a lovely chat with the Mr. Warren Hayes. How excited am I right now? Scale of 1 to 10, 11. I'm so happy that Mr. Warren Hayes agreed to come on Queen's Court and that I get to share this amazing wrestling conversation with you. He and I are going to dive into underutilized wrestling talent, but more appropriately, how we can utilize, and by we, we mean WWE, (laughs) can utilize the network and other such platforms to showcase these amazing talents that they're leaving off air. We're going to really dive in and take a look here at how we save (laughs) these people from being backstage and catering. How do we utilize this vast, powerful streaming network to WWE's advantage and, you know, really to the wrestling talent's advantage, and the fans' advantage. So that's enough for me. Enough blabbering on. It's time to hold court with Queen and Mr. Warren Hayes. Hey, everybody. This is Tanner. And this is Steven. From Headlock Talk. And you're listening to Queen's Court on Brain Busta Radio. All right, everyone. And we're back. And as promised at the beginning of the episode, I I have him here. I'm not sure how I got so lucky to bring this wonderful man, one of my favorite wrestling minds on our beautiful wrestling community on Twitter. I have with me today, Mr. Warren Hayes. How oh, are you, Warren? I'm I'm good. Wow, for, for you were talking about beautiful wrestling minds for a second there. I thought you were you had Anthony Souter and you weren't telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! It was some kind of prank. I was like, ah, screw you, Warren. Oh, no. <laughs> I would it's not a- do that. He would do that, probably, but not oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Anthony's a son of a bitch. But thank you. Thank, thank you very much for the lovely introduction. Uh, uh, very much not warranted, but it, because it is my pleasure, my absolute pleasure to be here, Queen. Thank you. Oh, man. No, I, I, I appreciate that so much. I am thrilled to have you here. 
for this really cool discussion we're going to have. And in light of, you know, recent events over the past few months, I feel like this is such a poignant and needed conversation. And I'm really pleased to have you here to chat with me about it. (laughs) Absolutely. We're, 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 we're going to see, we got stuff to sink our teeth in. That's for sure. Oh, isn't that the truth? Well, Mm -hmm. I think with all things, we have to start at the beginning. So at the beginning of this, I had told everyone who's listening that we're, you know, we're going to be talking about how or how and should <laughs> WWE have more network shows to help unseen talent, right? And, and how right. would that show or shows work? Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I think we have to talk about this unseen talent. There is a plethora of people that are, as people on Twitter like to joke, backstage and catering, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Hanging out there at the shows, but remain to be seen by all of us. So I want to start by asking you, who are some of these unseen talents that you're missing on screen? Now, this can be, you know, any of the main shows. I feel like this happens less in NXT and NXT UK, but we, you know, we can talk about that as well, but yeah. maybe on the, the main two shows, we'll start there. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Um, look right now, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's missing people. Like for instance, I miss Buddy Murphy. Okay. Mm. Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy is, uh, legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers. He was one of the pillars of 205 Live as I, I listened to it religiously. So to me, it was fantastic that he got called up, but he hasn't been used at all. Aside from that one commercial segment where they decided to introduce him and it was never aired on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I mean, there's people that I miss like Buddy Murphy. But then... There's people that it just doesn't make any sense, Queen, that they're off TV. <laughs> Preach it. Yeah. Such as Shinsuke Nakamura. How is Shinsuke Nakamura, former IWGP heavyweight champion, how is that guy not being used consistently on television? Then, of course, we can talk automatically about Rusev as well who mm-hmm. is being cooled down for some uh, bizarre reason I like, I don't understand uh and and I mean these are these are uh they're seasoned veterans they're not even new guys these are people who are um uh, uh, um uh, 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 value proposition wrestlers I guess you could say <laughs> yes. you know, that yep. that have absolutely everything to bring to the ring mm. but then you have so, and so that's one thing. And then Mickey James, I mean, Mickey James, her role has clearly been, you know, to help elevate new talent. Well, there is new talent on mm-hmm. SmackDown Live. She hasn't been on television since the, uh, the superstar shakeup, right? That's Shelton right. Benjamin. There's another name that we haven't seen in a while. So all these things, like these veterans, these old hands and, and not even that old either. People that would still be very compelled to to see Shinsuke has still has fantastic matches in him, you know. So why why isn't he being used more? But then and then after that, there's the this whole concept of bringing people into uh, up uh, up from um, 
uh, NXT to main roster and are not being used. Mm-hmm. Alistair Black, since they, since his tag team was split up with Ricochet, he's just being a moody teenager. Oh. That's all he's been doing. Yeah, and that just that that boggles my mind. Um, and that, you know, and then we can we can of course talk about the whole sanity thing, right? Oh, sanity, yeah. What you know, one of the one of the most over acts in in NXT, fantastic trio. Uh, what am I saying? Trio, well, you know, a four person stable. Yep. They get they get brought up. Absolutely nothing happens with any of them except for Nikki Cross, but she wasn't brought up as Sanity. So if we're just talking about Sanity, the the the, the trio, you know, uh, um, uh, Killian Dane was sent back to to NXT. Alexander Wolf, well. There's a spoiler in here, so I don't know if we should talk about it, but you Go know, for it. Alex, Ale, Alexander Wolf is back on NXT UK, and yeah. um, and Eric Young is on Raw chasing the 24/7 title for fuck's sake. Oh my god! I mean, these are all fantastic, fantastic people. And then, and then, I, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. I'm it's ranting. Okay, right? rant. That's what we're here for. And then, then you have guys like. Uh, like Harper, like Luke Harper, who want to leave the company. The company's not doing anything with them. Right. Oh no, we're gonna have you sit around a bit. We're gonna, we're just gonna pay you to sit around because we don't want you. We don't want you going anywhere. We don't want you leaving. But what? we're also not gonna do anything with you either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hang out. You're just gonna hang out. It, it just, it just boggles my mind. But I mean, the, you know, I try not to be overly cynical when it comes mm-hmm. to when it comes to to uh, how WWE approaches its business, a lot of people will say, well, WWE just likes to hoard talent so that if they're under their con- if they're under contract, they won't be used anywhere else. And I always thought that that's a stupid business model. You know, right. it, like, it, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me to just pay people to, to sit around and do nothing. Uh, but... Because because you don't want the competition to pick them up, but the way things are going and the 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 way that they're acting with some of their talent, especially some who have been who are who have been very very clear in their intentions, such as Luke Harper, that you know I'd like to go, and they get shut down. It's like nope, no, you're gonna stick around. We're gonna add a few more months to your contract, even you know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That just breaks my heart. And it's, I understand that, that in, in a, in the world of wrestling, you know, your, you know, your, your main resource is talent. It's wrestlers. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, in other businesses, it's oil and others, it's rice, you know, here it's, it's, it's wrestlers. So of course, you know, if you, if you keep all, if you have all the resources on your side, you know. Well, of course, you know, every, you know, you're going to starve everyone out, right? Exactly. But mm-hmm. I mean, it it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense and it breaks my heart for a lot of these for a lot of these wrestlers here who they're just not doing anything with them purposefully it would seem. It it does seem that way. And you know, before we uh started recording this, I had sent you a Reddit <clears throat> post that I yeah. saw on Twitter today. That's explained in full graph detail, right? That they have 
56 wrestlers employed on their two main roster shows who haven't wrestled a TV match in the last two weeks, and some even longer than that. That's that's bananas. It's bananas, and, what, I, and I'm just what looking is over, happening. And I'm just looking over the list as as you mentioned, and I was like, oh yeah, right. right. For for fuck's sake, Queen Oscar is on this list. Yeah, and Oscar is on to this about. list. Okay, thank go ahead. you. I'm so glad you brought her up. No, really, I'm so glad because this is where I'm going to go next, right? All of those people you mentioned were on my short list as well. Just off the top of my head, without even looking at this Reddit list, these were the people that came to my brain, right? Especially Alistair Black because I'm really peeved about that one. Oh, yeah. But the fact that, remember the time when Paige came out and was like, hey, I'm going to bring this really awesome tag team to you. Look, it's Asuka and Kairi Sane, and I'm going to manage them. And we're going to call them the Kabuki Girls. And we're going to, like, you know, make this run at the tag team titles. Or, excuse me, you're right. They wanted girls. It's Warriors. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm going to try to remember that they wanted girls, but they made Warriors. Let's just avoid that kind of worms, because that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. We could talk about bad names on another episode, (laughs) couldn't we? But you're right. Excuse me. It's the Warriors. Now. (laughs) <laughs> where are they i don't I know. know where they are it, and, what's, it, it, and sorry what's go even, ahead. no it's okay and what's even worse are or is the state of their tag team champions that they're supposed to be going after mm-hmm. the iconics are just jabbing to alexa and becky and whomever else and where are these Hot tag teams that are supposed to be coming at them. Where are Asuka and Kairi Sane? There, there's nothing happening here. I In wish I had. Team, I don't uh, know what's happening. I wish I had a. I wish I had a proper answer for you. I I don't. And right. it, for me, it just breaks my heart because both Asuka and Kairi Sane. I'm 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 big on both. I was a mm-hmm. big. I was I was all in on the Asuka. NXT undefeated run. I was like, that was my thing. And I wasn't even that mad when she lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. I'm like, well, this is the stage to make it happen. And if you're going to have it, if you're going to lose, might as well be to one of the top women in in the division. And I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, let's not forget that um, Oscar Charlotte from WrestleMania 34 was probably one of the better matches of the card. Exactly. WrestleMania right. 34 wasn't wasn't all that good. Um, but um, mm-hmm. coming back to our current situation here, I was really excited when Kyrie Sane was called up. Like <laughs> yes. she was just in the War Royal Rumble a few uh, months ago, just before her call up, where she ran to the ring with her spyglass, you know. And I was like, oh my god, she's just just put her up. It's she's ready. It's we're good to go. And I want everyone to love Kyrie Sane because she's fantastic. Yeah. And I want everyone to love Oscar because she's fantastic. So I'm like, okay, if you don't have anything better for them to do, help help Kyrie Sane get over in a tag team, kind of like what you did with Ricochet and and uh, uh, Alistair Black, which was a fantastic idea in retrospect to get both mm-hmm. guys over. It was it was probably the best thing that could have happened to them, especially when you consider that EC3 is another call up and they haven't done anything with them and they've barely done anything with Heavy Machinery. Um, but, um, uh, so, so I'm like, okay, well, sure. Help Kyrie get over this way by using some of that Oscar shine, some of that page shine. 
And at the same time, build them as credible threats, credible contenders for, for your tag team titles. But like you said, they're not doing anything with the tag titles. But then again, I'd go as far as to say because, uh, because the Iconics have been losing all the time. I think they've won yeah. one match, maybe. Against since... those jobbers, right? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, and they've been losing non they've been losing non-title matches. But I may I posit to you mm-hmm. that they've been doing the same thing with the Intercontinental Championship. Finn Balor hasn't been racking up the wins either. Mm, true. Which is sad to me. I'm that, sad yeah, for sure. But that, but I mean, in both cases, it devalues your champion and it devalues your title. It doesn't. Yeah. Ma- it doesn't make them. Uh, it, it does. It doesn't make them objects of uh, of uh, desire or even uh, just uh, <laughs> concern. Concern that it, will will my champion be able to to hang on or will will the uh, will the evil heel come out on top? It do, it sure. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't help put anyone over, really. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And may I posit back to you that mm-hmm. it's not just these two sets of, of uh, champions either. How about the Raw tag team champions? Zach and Kurt, where are they? Hang on a second. No idea. Are you, t- are you telling me that Raw has tag team champions? What? Mind That's, blown. I, I've forgotten. Because Had you forgotten? Because the, where are they? I'm I'm looking. I'm borrowing Kyrie Sane's spyglass. Nope, can't find them. <laughs> they're lost. Not sure I, where I, they're at. Cause, yeah, because uh, you know WWE does know that I have you know that we as fans we have the attention span of a goldfish. So of course we're, <laughs> of we're course. like, what? Where are the raw tag titles? They 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 still exist. That's so funny. Uh, and not only them, but even Daniel Bryan who. So weird for me, and I'm sure for many others, to see him, you know, basically main eventing mania. And I just was at Money in the Bank, and he was in the pre-show with the Usos. Which, mm-hmm. you know, wild card, that's a whole nother issue. But, like, well, if yeah, they're okay. losing to other tag teams, that doesn't build their credibility either. So it's just like this, it's, oh my god. We I'm don't get me started on the wild card rules. I know. That's anyone another who show. listens to oh. my to my recap shows on YouTube.com yeah. slash Mr. Warren Hayes every Monday and Tuesday evening, a half hour after we're on SmackDown. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, put it in there. That's right. It's <laughs> I know you rant on it. and it's. I, I hate the wild card rules, so don't even get me started on that. But, you know, as far as Daniel Bryan goes, I'm... Uh, like if 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 you want me to pull out my conspiracy my tin hat conspiracy theory thing, I think he I think he was injured after WrestleMania because we didn't see him for yeah. a couple of weeks. I think, I think he so. was injured. I think something happened, and they want to they want they want to keep him on TV because we are all better off with Daniel Bryan on television than not. Mm-hmm. And well, that's. I, I I think there's there's not much argument to be had there. I think you know we all benefit from having Daniel Bryan on TV, yep. um, and I think putting him in, in a tag team is maybe is maybe a good way to keep him wrestling, but mm-hmm. also you know like spread the um spread uh, spread the responsibility of carrying the match to someone else. Right. Exactly. So I kind of feel that's what they're doing, and you know if this is what they have for Daniel Bryan, that's fine. Yeah, like I said, I much prefer to have Daniel Bryan on TV than not. I really do. Sure, and and I hear that a hundred percent. It's it's not even so much him as it's the state of these belts that they have. Oh. I think is is more what I'm like a feeling with this whole like where are our champions? 
why don't these wins and losses matter more? Where's the storyline? I mean, it's just it's it's a lot of chaos True. and and dysfunction. So it's it's kind of hard to a follow along with what they're doing because it's I feel like completely different every week <laughs> and I don't know what's <laughs> happening or what they're going to do and not in like a good suspenseful way. Like, oh, I'm like excited what they're going to do next. No, I'm like terrified because I'm afraid about who's going to get lost in the shuffle now and and what other things are, gonna, are they going to put on repeat, which is that- why I wanted to talk about this so much because I, I don't know about you, but I'm really tired of seeing the same things multiple times mm-hmm. during the same show. Mm-hmm. Why am I seeing Seth Rollins three times on Monday Night Raw? Why? Why? Hey. Here, why are you seeing the exact? Why are you seeing the the beginning of last week's Raw again at the start of this week's Raw combined with the ending of last week's SmackDown? Yes, exactly. Exact. This this past Monday, or at, at least this from when we're recording, right? Yeah. I don't know when you're <laughs> when you're releasing this, but when, from where we're recording, uh. We had Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston come out to no. Uh, uh, well, basically, we had a segment where Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins want Brock Lesnar to pick either either of them, and then Brock Lesnar ends up not picking them, right? Right. And then, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, uh, Drew, not Drew, excuse me, Dolph Ziggler comes out of nowhere and attacks Kofi Kingston and beats the living hell out of him. So yeah. that the the. Oh, Brock, pick me, pick me segment is what started Raw two weeks ago. And Dolph beating up Kofi is how SmackDown last week finished. So, I, you know, I often like to say WWE tricks us into believing that there's storyline development happening. It, yes. When you tell a story, you go from point A to point B to point C to point D. You know, that's basically, you know, you have events. That you can right. clearly place in time where it's like, well, this week this happened, this week that happened, and so on. But WWE, they get into these patterns where it's like, we go from point A to point A to point A to point A again. Oh, we're going <laughs> to point B, but oh, look at that. We're back to point A sometimes, and those are the worst. But but it really does feel like they're, like, um, like they're just uh, in a hamster wheel where they're just running on uh, – they're they're running as fast as they can, but they're they're not moving, not going forward. It's just stationary. It's, it's stagnant running, stagnant, yes. and it's it's like a treadmill. We're just not going anywhere. A treadmill we're racking up miles, but we're treadmill. not going anywhere. Exactly, and it's a much better metaphor than the hamster wheel. Because, it, they, it both because works. Hamsters are cute. Hamsters are cute, but you know what isn't cute? Getting so, caught in that hamster wheel and then you can't get out. <laughs> That's what's not cute. Yeah, so speaking of this hamster wheel treadmill situation and all of the people that we've mentioned, you know, not either not being on screen or being absent in their champions out of all of this stuff that's happening in the universe of mm-hmm. WWE. My question to you is why is this happening? Why? Why do we have this point A to point A to point A point five to maybe be sometimes then back to square one. Why is it like this? And we're going to hear Warren's answer right after this quick commercial break. 
Hey everybody, Big Paul's on a Pup JPQ from No Particular Angle, and you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of N.E. on Brain Buster Radio. Um, <laughs> look, again, you know, it, it, this is all on creative at this point. It's it's entirely on WWE's creative uh, creative services, I guess you'd call them, because there's... Um, if you're unable to create compelling stories that people can get into, right. it's, you know, and listen, we, again, just this week, um, the week that we're recording this, John Moxley had that interview on the Talk is Jericho podcast. Showed in. So, you know, again, peek behind the curtain, we hear things that we've been hearing for years. The wrestlers don't have much of a say in what's going on. You know, right. it all goes back to one dude who has one vision, who is right. disconnected from what happens in the world. This is a guy. This is a guy who who sees sneezing as a weakness, who doesn't yeah. know what a burrito is. You know, <laughs> it's true. I know. You know, so so it's like, how do you how do you entrust that this gentleman? understands his audience knows what they want and gets where how things have evolved you know the moxley interview the shoot interview that he did on jericho's show is fascinating because everything he talked about the inoculation angle uh being asked to you know to talk to to talk about roman's leukemia as a heel these are all yeah. things that we, as fans, watched, and we were like, "Man, this can't be right." The, mm-hmm. Dean can't be comfortable with this. He can't be saying what he can't be saying. Good shit, pal. There's someone else, and we know who exactly. he is saying good we shit, do. pal. And 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 that's what we're getting. That's what that's what happens. And I'm not sure. Look. I'm not trying to defend Vince McMahon here, but this right. is a guy. He's he he's um he owns he owns an enormous corporation, media entertainment company, right? It's sure. huge. WWE is enormous. On top of that, he's trying to revive his his football dreams. <laughs> this yeah. is a guy who works like 17 hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. I can understand that at some point, you know, you're so much in meetings, you're negotiating. He's a businessman. He's got it's a publicly traded company. So he's got all sorts of people to answer to. If yeah. on top of that, he's on he's in charge of creative creative. I can understand where sometimes he gets burnt out or sometimes he's, he's just like, no, I got to go with we we're going with this idea because he has to move on to something else. He just has mm. to skip on to the next thing on his to-do list. Right. Oh, so Dean Ambrose uh, thinks that the inoculation angle is silly. Well, I, uh, it's okay. Uh, you know, it'll be funny. It'll be, it's not quite like comedy, but it'll still be comedy and tell him if he doesn't do it, it's, he's fired, you know, kind of thing. Right. And then check box and moves on to the other thing. So I understand that at some point he just... He may not admit it. It may not be how he perceives it, but he he probably does get overwhelmed to a certain mm-hmm. degree. 
But then at some point you just delegate the damn things that you can't do anymore. Thank you. It's, Hello. That's, that's just it. That's and that's look for all the management classes that I've taken. Mm-hmm. All all two point five of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than zero. And there you go. The 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 measure of a good leader within a company is his capa- or her capacity to delegate. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head right there. It's the other things I believe that are getting in the way of him being that leader to yep. be effective as the one in charge. Plus, he's old. Well, okay? yeah, there's that. And I'm yes. old too. But he's also <laughs> old, but he's older. And but the he's point is older than you. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> he he has a, a he has a sense of humor that sure. just doesn't connect with with the audience that he would like to get. Right. Pooper scoopers are not funny. Nope. You know? Again, referring to the Moxley shoot interview. Going out and using the term pooper scooper. Doesn't make anyone laugh, except maybe a five-year-old kid will look up to, look up, and then again, if only if they have a dog. Because if you don't have a dog, you don't know what a pooper scooper is. That's true. You know, this is the thing. I just I'm having find fun, it. by the way, Queen. Could me all, too. I'm getting all sweaty and I'm excited. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's keep going. Well, because you're, you're bringing up great points here. It's when at what point right i feel like everybody in their lives no matter what profession you're in even in your personal life you sometimes have to go this is this is not my best look this mm-hmm. is not for me anymore what i was doing was good to a point but now i have my hands and feet and arms and legs in so many different pots that i need to like let one go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. time to, instead of doing a mediocre job at all of these other things, let me do a good job at a few things and pick somebody or multiple people to take the things that I'm now leaving, right? Everybody has to move on at some point. So at, at what point for him is it going to be enough for the, I feel like so many of us who are fans and want to love this product, but are having a hard time. At what point is it like, okay, I got to like give some people control. Cause I feel like it's just not happening ever. Yeah. And, and you know, next thing we know, he'll find a way to like cheat death <laughs> and he'll, you know, he'll be 135 and still writing raw every Monday. Um, but I, I feel, I feel like I'd like to do like a little devil's advocacy here. Okay, let's do it. Um, you know, Vince is like, he's, he's old school. Like he's super old school. He, his, you know, he grew, you know, his dad was, you know, neck deep in the territories. He knows, Mm -hmm. he knows how that environment works. And back then, like, don't forget Vince just went hardcore after all the territories, gobbling them up. And those that he didn't gobble up, he just murder. Mm -hmm. So it, and Mm -hmm. Any, and if you read anything about the territory days back then, if you were a promoter in the 70s, in the 80s, your natural default mode was paranoid. Everyone was lying to you. It was 
because every they were carnies. They were just they're everyone's default. Everyone was lying all the time or most of the time. So you had to be paranoid. You had to be thinking someone is out there to stab me in the back. And Vince, Vince probably not probably, but cultivated this feeling all the way into his adulthood, uh, you know, uh, and into right into the, right into the nineties because he just, you know, he felt that he couldn't trust anyone. Who else can you trust but yourself? It's your show. You put everything in. You know, WrestleMania, the original one, if mm-hmm. had, if it had failed, WWE was entirely banking on that. It's in, all the right. money in WWE had been put into WrestleMania. Had it failed, we wouldn't be talking about Aleister Black not being used on Main today. That's true. So at some point, and it goes on, it keeps going and he gets richer, he gets bigger and he does have an ego and he'll be the first to admit it. Yep. If you reach this certain level of success and it's, you did it and you feel like you did it and you've carried it all. And the only person you have ever truly trusted is yourself because you've had so many people backstab Mm -hmm. you or disappoint you or leave you yeah i i think that in a purely if you were to to sit him on a couch and go all freudian with them yeah you'd pro you could probably just make a straight line to understand how vince mcmahon thinks today even to this day where he's in control because he feels it's his baby. Mm-hmm. He built this. It's his thing. It's his family's. Yeah. And he doesn't see he doesn't see or trust anyone else to do it yeah. than he than, than than him. Yep. I, you know, it's it's a valid argument. Really it is. And I and I totally understand that. But Especially, I'm not I'm not excusing it though. No, it's like, not like and, I'm and, not and, saying poor Vince. No, fuck right, Vince. Right. No, <laughs> honestly, of course. Tell he's it the truth. detriment. Yeah. He he's he's the problem. He really, really is the problem. No, he really is the problem, and and it's still a valid point, though. It doesn't provide an excuse. It doesn't it doesn't make anything better. But what it does do, I feel like, for a lot of people hearing that, it it provides that perspective that mm-hmm. I feel a lot of fans are missing. You just have to put all of the puzzle pieces together. It doesn't mean it's okay, and it doesn't mean we agree, but it provides a level of understanding for why things are the way that they are. So with that understanding, we can now go, okay, I get maybe what's happening here, but it's Mm -hmm. still a bunch of horseshit. So how do we fix this, right? And and I, I, I hate seeing the arguments of, well, it's never going to change until he's no longer with us. Because I don't like that. I think that, you know, it's that's morbid, A. And B, yes. he is the man who, who built it. You know, so it's – there's a lot of things going on in Twitter right now of, you know, is it time for uh, WWE to not have Vince anymore and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think that that's true. I think in a creative sense, yeah. He still needs to be involved. It's his company. As you mentioned, that's his baby. He's not going anywhere. But in terms of creative, he's just sinking the ship. 
like so hard. Yeah. To where I'm watching it and going, why am I, why am I watching this? I used to love turning on Raw and SmackDown. I, I loved it. And now I'm like, ooh, don't like this at all. I'm just gonna watch NXT <laughs> and yeah, NXT exactly. UK. And and exactly. all the other wonderful promotions that I love. You know, I was never like a hardcore always WWE person, but you know, it was my mainstay. It was the easiest to be accessible for a very, very long time until, you know, our modern age where we have streaming. Now I can watch everything. But, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of like uh, like 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 soccer or football, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you know, everyone wants to watch the English Premier League. Right. Mm-hmm. But but then again, you know, sometimes you will watch like uh, Major League Soccer. Sure. You know, watch MLS. It's the same idea. It's like you'll have you'll have your promotions that you that you prefer. But, you know, at some point it, it is the big leagues. And, yeah. you know, you do want to see what happens on the big leagues because what happens on WWE does affect the business. It does trickle down for, for better or, or ill. Um, and, you know, you do want for, for good or bad, it, it affects it. And and honestly, I don't want WWE to do poorly. I don't want them to do bad. I want right. them to be a good uh, I want them to be good response, a good, responsible corporate citizen. First and foremost, yeah. And I want them to provide a quality, entertaining wrestling program. That's what I want from them. And because if if because if WWE does well and mm-hmm. reflects well on wrestling in general, yep. Wrestling in general will benefit. Yeah, I agree there a hundred percent. I and I don't want them to fail either. I want them to do well but right now it's it's a whole mess and we need to find ways to fix it and and that's where we're going to lead to right now okay Okay. with all of this unseen talent with all of the talent that you know are holding belts you know that maybe should be seen sometimes (laughs) (laughs) with all of these repeating storylines over and over the same segments on every show, right? All of that stuff. We have this network, this $9.99. How many times did we hear that? <laughs> Award-winning. Award-winning, right? <laughs> for $9.99, and you get the pay-per-view for free if you... Okay, whatever. So we have this network that is, in my opinion, one of the best things WWE ever did. And now we have all of this this platform and stuff. That's where we get our NXTs, where we watch our pay-per-views, mm-hmm. NXT UK, all sorts of things. Is there a way or should there be a way? And how do we make it happen for this unseen talent to maybe be on a show on the network? Is, th- is that a good option for this unseen talent? So we can, I don't know, see them more. And how would a show like that work? And the example that came to my mind right away was the Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. It was. I really enjoyed that. So I'm thinking to myself, why don't we do more of that? Or like the little cool halftime uh, heat segment they did at the Super Bowl. That was awesome. That was that was amazing, actually. Uh, it was the best part of the whole Super Bowl for me. So <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I love I love American football. Don't get me wrong. 
But it, that, this one was boring. So <laughs> love that. So what do you think on this topic that we have in front of us here? It's a tricky one because I want to agree wholeheartedly and say, yes, yes. Look, uh, the the Worlds Collide uh, events, they've had two now, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're 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 fantastic for the for the exact reason you you mentioned here it's because it gives it just gives another opportunity another venue for wrestlers that we don't get to see very often to right. perform and shine plus it's cross brand yeah right and the last worlds collide we got Candice LeRae versus Kaylee Ray all right you kidding me i mean Come that's, on now. <laughs> you know that's uh, you know i we said, it, we said it once, we'll say it again. That's good shit, pal. It is good well, shit, pal. <laughs> but but then, and and uh, again, Worlds Collide is fantastic for, uh, for people who do go to the access events for these big pay-per-views because yes. then, then they get more bang for their buck. I'm not trying to make, be funny here, but they do get more more for their money they get to mm-hmm. see the big pay-per-views maybe they even paid for the takeover plus they get battle royals they get tyler Bate versus velveteen dream you know they get all sorts of crazy matches where you're like you know i don't get to see these all that often just gives an right. opportunity for everyone to work in front of smaller crowds and that's fantastic and it, it has its place and yeah. by God, yes, give give more room for new people. But then <sighs> Raw is three hours a week. SmackDown is two. Let's say you watch all three, uh, the, uh, the three uh, alt brands. Let's call them that. Mm-hmm. 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK. Like I do. That's another three hours. You're watching eight hours of WWE programming weekly. And on top yeah. of that, a pay-per-view. And on top of that, a takeover once in a while. Sure. It's a lot of content. So it's a lot you, of content. Do you go ahead and add another show where it's just like always cross brand or like, oh, yes, this week we're featuring Raul Mendoza versus uh, Oni Lorcan, which is fine. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, is it compelling enough to watch? And then will you even watch it? Right. You know, they, they did the uh, just again, the. Um, Recently, they did the um, oh the term is uh, the term is just slipping out of my mind. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the event uh, that they did at the performance center where they had everyone competing. What was it called? Just this. It was um, the day after Double or Nothing. Oh, uh, I, I was well, so wrapped up in Double or Nothing. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. But but yeah, yeah, they had this event. The combine. Mm-hmm. The combine. I, mean, I, I can't remember what exactly it was called, but it was basically like you, you, it was a live event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had cameras in at the performance center and you had the trainees doing drills. Oh, cool. Okay. And, and, and having like little uh, competitive events uh, against each other. You know, apparently the NFL does this kind of thing as well. So I thought uh, I thought it was cool. Yeah. A, a combine, a football combine. That That's exactly that's exactly it. A, a football combine. And yeah, it was like four or five hours of programming. I, I would have loved to watch it, but I had just packed in my eight hours of WWE program, which I do slash out of love slash because I, because I have, uh, online content to, to provide. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Plus, I had watched Double or Nothing. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm good as far as wrestling goes this week. Yeah. You know I totally I mean? hear that. No, I really no, I really do. And it, it with things like you know, AEW's two hour show that's, that's coming upcoming. in October. Yep. That's upcoming on Tuesdays now, since SmackDown will now be on Friday. You know, it this was my challenge, right? And and which is why I wanted to like pontificate on it. And and really kind of analyze this idea with you because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I I don't know which how I feel about it. This I this idea. Part of me is is similar to you. This is a great platform. It's literally on my computer, on my TV, on my phone. Yeah. When I'm sitting in an airport, I would love to you know as I do sometimes go onto the network and boop watch some stuff or, you know, I'll watch an indie show on Power Slam or, you know, stuff like that. So there's times and opportunities where I have an available hour where I could watch something. And wouldn't it be cool if I could see, I don't know. Let's see. Let me think about it. Uh, Who do I really, really like? Noam Dar versus Jordan Devlin. I'd like to see that. Who wouldn't? I mean, come on. Right. Or, you know, Alistair Black in anything, I will watch. So, <laughs> I have to stay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just give it to me. I will watch it. It's j- Part of me is screaming for that because the people that they have on the bench are people I want to see. So I want to solve this problem. Right. Because I don't want them just hanging out doing nothing. I want to see them in action in some way. And I don't know how to do it effectively, which is where this like, okay, what do we do with this network? Can we have something like Worlds Collide more often? Now, not all the time, right? I don't think it should be a weekly thing, but maybe like a monthly thing to just throw in once in a while. Mm -hmm. It would help if there wasn't a pay-per-view every four weeks, but that's another story. So it's just... It's a difficult conversation to figure out what would be best. For the 24-7 championship, for example, I think they're wasting an opportunity since it's been announced. And maybe they're going to change it. I don't know. To throw something up on Instagram Live or to throw something up on Snapchat. To, like, hit us with these moments. Like, oh, my God, our truths running through a kitchen at a restaurant, pretending to be the chef, hiding from, I don't know, Robert Rude, who came to find him because he saw his Instagram post that he was having lunch with Carmela, right? There's an opportunity to tell a story in a fun, short way to engage your audience with people that you don't see. And you can switch out, you know, whomever it might be for someone you don't see a lot, like Mm -hmm. Bo Dallas or like, uh, like a, uh, a Buddy Murphy, like we so want to see. Just keep them relevant in some way. And they don't even do that. So it's kind of like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So that's why I was like, you know, I'm here today and hopefully you have some ideas because I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss. I had the, uh, I had exactly the same, the same vision for mm-hmm. the, uh, for the 2410, uh, 24-7 title because, um, because 
essentially, th- that's the best opportunity that they have is just to have us. You know, the WWE loves to say, you know, we have now one million, one billion trillion subscribers across all our <laughs> platforms. You know, they, well, yeah. they, they, they love, they love doing that, right? Right. But, but they don't really engage with their audience all that much. It's just, it's tweets. Mm-hmm. It's very one-sided conversations, you know, uh, but it's nothing compelling, you know, it's, n- and they are in a position as a media company to be able to try some stuff out. And you, I think you and I had the same vision where the internet, like you said, Facebook, Twitter, uh, yep. Instagram stories all have the possibility to tell some fantastic tales regarding mm-hmm. the 24 seven title and give us, give us the, the feeling, give us the true feeling of unpredictability. Yeah. That's that title entails because when we do get to raw and SmackDown, it's not unpredictable. We are expecting it to show up because it's part of, it's part of the show. Right. But like you said, you have, Carmella, uh, like you said, Carmella and our truth are, uh, you know, they're disguised at a Dunkin' yeah. Donuts, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, Carmella p- posts a picture of that on 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 Facebook. Next thing you know, uh, not not on Facebook but on Instagram. Next thing you know, you know, uh, Drake Maverick tweets out that he just saw the picture and he's on his way, and and then there's a little confrontation. That's fantastic, right. and that's what they should be doing, and that's a good way. That's a good way to use your talent in another way than on television. WWE, I think, has the has the savvy to to understand that being a media company, because, you know, I've said this once, I'll say it a million times. WWE does not see itself as a wrestling promotion. It sees itself as a media company. Wrestling is a product one of their many, many products. There aren't that yeah. many products, but you know what I mean. Right. It, it, it's part of their portfolio of right. products. <laughs> portfolio of products. No, you're right. And and I guess my struggle is if they're not going to let them go, then what do we do? What what do we do? Well, with you see, these to me, talents? to come back that and that brings us full circle to your original point. Uh, you know, where you were asking, wh- what do we do? What, what, you know, how do we get, the, you know, these unseen people? How do we get Deanna Parazzo on television? You know, for yes, instance. oh my God. Um, the wild card, look, if there's one thing that the wild card rule, the goddamn burn in <laughs> hell. I know. Feed it to the dogs, then take what the dogs poop out and feed it to the pigs. Wild card rule. <laughs> Take if it's one if there's one thing it's taught us or it's taught me anyway is that the brand split is important. It it's reminded me of the value of sure. the brand split, and the value of the brand split is to keep some people from being overexposed from right. some angles from taking over the shows. Shane McMahon, Roman mm-hmm. Reigns, right now is is. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, ridiculous. It should yeah. not be carried on both shows. It's not that compelling. It's not that interesting. And it's not even Roman's fault. No, it's not. We're not going to get into that. But no, to I me, that, that that's how 
that's how uh, th- that's what the wild card rule has done. It's reminded me how good the brand split is for talent because it forces WWE to use different people on their shows and try to create new things with them. Right. But they still have an, an abundance of talent. They have too many people. And they I do. really think, I really think queen that the, what needs to be done. WWE, if WWE is smart, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they should release people yeah. because I, 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 like I said earlier on in the show, I hate to think that these kinds of thoughts, but I really do believe they're talent hoarding now. I really yeah. do believe they're just packing, packing as many people in as they can, just so that they're not out there on the market anymore. Yeah, and, and what a disservice, not only to the talent, but to the program and promotion that is keeping them it's a disservice it's a disservice all around because you're paying people to do nothing like in my line of work that we just don't that's not happening every dollar is accounted for i don't know what your line of work is Um, but neither in mine either you know what there is no line of work in which your (laughs) boss will say sure pal sit at home here's a full paycheck no it's only in wrestling it really is it's only in this particular set of wrestling. Yeah, exactly. It, it drives only in me this crazy. Company. Right. And and that drives me nuts. So I think I think it's a couple of things. I think they need to release. They don't need that many people. They just don't. The creative needs a severe shakeup. Like a pluck out, see you later, fresh blood, like it needs some some severe help. It yeah. needs a bleach and clean. I, there's nothing else I can say. We need to figure that part out. We need fresh storylines that are compelling. And everybody needs to take a breath because you will be fine if you don't see Roman Reigns for two weeks. You're going to be fine. I promise you, in two weeks, you're still going to be good. I, I'm going to guarantee it. And you know what? And, and I'm going to hearken back to another one of your brain buster pals when I was on Omega Luke's show a few weeks ago with uh, one yes. uh, Jonathan Pilquist. We <laughs> talked. We we talked about seasons giving yes. breaks for wrestlers, yes. and it's the season thing where where I think the most legitimate uh, argument is just to give time for wrestlers to heal nagging injuries, not big injuries, the right. nagging ones that do become big ones. I think that's the most compelling argument to having like time off. But I also think that is for an audience. Uh, just give us a break for a little bit. Yeah. And we'll be twice as happy to see you come back because that's the nature of the wrestling fan. Sami Zayn goes away for nine months. He comes back to a huge, huge reaction. Uh, same thing with Kevin Owens. Any Anyone who goes away for an extended period of time then comes back has a hero's welcome. Exactly. So that will, that will, so take some time off, let other people step up while Roman and, uh, while Roman and Drew and Baron take some time off and Mm -hmm. let's have, let's have Cedric Alexander have a few matches, you know, let's have him uh, take the spot. Uh, you know, a couple of guys 
like that. Yeah. Give more time for the for the raw women as, as well. You know, let's give Dana Brooke a little more shine, that kind of stuff. And then yeah. and then they take some time off. Bring Roman back. People will be like, cool, Roman's back, you know? Instead of like, yes. oh my God, Roman again? You know? Yeah. Well, it sours us on people. Yeah. Because they're it's like force feeding. After a while, I'm gonna be like, dude, back off me. Mm-hmm. I need a break from you. I just can't be around you 24-7. I need a breather. Give me something fresh and exciting. You know, sometimes it's okay to step back, and I feel like WWE is very afraid of that. And they need to, that culture has got to go. It's got to go. There's no way to build your wrestling future if you're only going to rely on a certain subset of people. If you're only going to rely on a certain subset of people, then that should be your company, and that's it. So it's wild to me. New Japan does it. If I'm not mistaken, like I haven't been. I'm not. I haven't been entirely caught up on the uh, best of the Super Juniors. uh, Like I have watched a few, but like. Naito's not on this tour, right? Right. Or is he? Not in the best of Super Juniors, but he's no, going to be at um. He's going to uh, be at Dominion. There. Yes, of course. Yes. But he's not on this tour. You know, they do mm-hmm. have they do have a few heavyweights, right? They do like in the tag team matches, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 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 and no one's like, my God, well, you know, Naito's taking some time off. So then yeah. when he does come back, we'll be like, holy. Ah. It's great to see him again, you know, kind of thing. It, it, it just, it, it, it's good. He gets to rest his body. When he comes back, everyone will be excited. It's, it's not rocket science. And it's okay. It's and it's fine. okay. It's absolutely okay. Because That's if you're creative, because like you said, it sours us on people. And if you're creative, you know, if the creative was good enough to make everyone compelling and interesting week after week, sure, okay. But it's not. No. And that's another thing. It's all the time. It is the whole year round. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's stale. You're gonna, you need fresh people. Otherwise, it's going to be what we have right now. And I think in addition to, to the releasing of the superstars and the changing of creative, I wouldn't mind a couple more times a year something like Worlds Collide. Does not need to be all the time, but they have this network. I would like them to utilize it a little bit. Not a lot, because there is a lot of content. I'm I'm totally here for that. But something needs to happen where we have these cross-brand promotions. It's cool. It's interesting. It's different. That I like. And the utilization of social media for these little vignettes, for these little promos, for these little confrontations like we talked about with the Instagram Live and Twitter Live and whatever else. That's a market where they could make a real impact in a Mm -hmm. short, sweet, interesting way. So maybe some of that can be what they would do. Can I agree? I I completely agree. I think that... uh, you know the you know, just to reiterate a point, the way that they use social media is very basic. Yeah, uh, they could, they could, and they do have they they have the talent and they have the resources to try out new stuff. When you see Drake Maverick running around putting up posters for um <laughs> for for our truth, that's on him. He's taking that opportunity. Uh, Stokely Hathaway, who's uh, looking for his uh, his CD player. That's on him. He's doing it. He's just taking the opportunity. Why isn't WWE promoting this more? Why isn't asking? Why isn't it asking its talent to do it? 
maybe the talent, maybe there's some talents like, dude, I'm already doing so much. And yeah. what you're giving me is already garbage. Am I going to continue doing more garbage? You know, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a tricky thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a tricky thing. I don't know if more long form content is the, is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the idea of smaller bursts yep. is super compelling and it makes sense. It's easy to produce. It's lightweight. Have you been, have you seen the Stokely Hathaway CD thing? No. Oh, okay. Uh, like, okay, seriously. And to anyone out there listening to Queen of Northeast right now <laughs> and hasn't seen the, the epic drama of Stokely Hathaway looking for his stolen CD player amidst the NXT locker room. It is the best angle in WWE right now. And no one is seeing it on television. It is so, so good. I think I saw like one thing about it, but I haven't seen much since. It's it's a thread so. on his Twitter. It's his pinned tweet. It's a thread. It's it's extraordinary. And he's getting, he got, you know, he has everyone in it, in on it. I Adam love that. Cole, Bobby Fish, Keith That's Lee. That's the one I saw. Yeah, you went up to Adam Cole and Adam Cole was like not having it. Oh, and that, that one was the best Cole is fantastic. There. He even got Shayna Baszler on the last one, on one of the recent ones. It's fantastic. Oh, that's gotta it's be good. I'll so check that good. out. All right. <laughs> so it, it, it'll, it'll just reinforce, reinforce your point. Actually, it'll just, you'll be like, look, look, I'm right. Validation. <laughs> yeah. <Yay!" Exactly. laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if we solved any of these problems, but we certainly came to some sort of conclusion about something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. That is true. That is for real. And it was my absolute pleasure to chat with you. I feel like we could be here for the next three hours just talking about things. So it just means I'm going to have to have you back and we're going to talk about so much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're exactly. Willing, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. I, it, it'd be my absolute pleasure to come back. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very oh. much for having me. Oh my gosh, any time at all. And now, my dear friend, it is time for you to put yourself over and tell the Queen's courtiers all of the cool things that you do, where to find you, if they don't know already, which I'm sure they do. But just in case, I want you to let them know. Well, that. <laughs> If I only did cool things, that'd be great. But uh, oh, you, know, you do, instead, do cool things. No, no. Yeah, all I do, I, I do, I do Raw and SmackDown recap shows every Monday and Tuesday evening, about a half hour after each show is uh, is done. Uh, so uh, you can check those out. It's on uh, YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I also do uh, an occasional prediction show when we have pay per views coming up. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, I also do a lot of stuff over at, uh, Fightful and Fightful Select. I have, uh, I'm, I occasionally join, uh, Sean Ross Sapp and Alex Pulowski on red on, uh, post pay-per-view shows. Uh, I also have a weekly 205 live NXT NXT UK recap show on Fightful Select, which is Fightful's premium service. So go check that out. And I'm also involved in a lovely, lovely website called bell to bells. Uh, which is uh, which was launched, started, owned, operated, and uh, filled with passion by uh, by Kristen Ashley, who was the 
owner and editor-in-chief of the site, covering nothing else, nothing other than women's wrestling. Uh, fantastic people writing there with some great articles. If you want to get unquestionably, undoubtedly, the best women's wrestling coverage out there, opinions, news, so on and so forth, it's Bell to Bells, B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at the same place as well. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at Mr. Warren Hayes. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you don't already check everything out that he just told you, please, please, please do so. Um, I, I find Mr. Warren Hayes so entertaining. And I also love what he does when he teams up with my pal, JPQ, and Anthony from Smart to Death, your bracketology boys or... Blazer Brothers, whichever you are, because bros. he can never get it right. Poor oh. Anthony. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that that's his gimmick. I know, poor guy. <laughs> but uh, you guys are so entertaining when you're together, and I love your breakdowns for all the cool stuff that you do. So please, my listeners, go check them out. And Warren, thanks so much again for coming on Queen's Court. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, everyone, it's time for the Queen's Courtier's Questions segment. The first question is from my pal Mags at D-E-J-K-I-R-K-B-Y. He asks, what's the best and worst thing about podcasting? Uh, the worst thing about podcasting for me is editing. I'm not a tech person. <laughs> I try really hard to make it sound good. So just know that when you're listening to me, the effort... <laughs> The effort that I have to put in to make this sound good, it's extreme. But I will say it's getting easier. But for me, it's still the worst part of podcasting. But the best part of podcasting is having a platform in which I get to share all these great conversations and interactions and content and thoughts, not only from my point of view, for, but from the people that I have on the show. So that's like the best part so far. I'm only, you know, well, technically now this is my 12th episode. So yeah, I'm 12 episodes in and that's, that's the best part. <laughs> Thanks, Mags. Miss Ori, Orion Progress at O-R-I-O-N-A 75 says, my queen, my queen. Oh, she knows the way to my heart. What female independent would you hate to go or hate to see go to WWE? Um... Anybody from stardom? <laughs> Momo? No, leave her. Leave her there. Also, I would say Millie McKenzie. I'm not ready for her to go anywhere else but the indies in Japan and awesomeness. So, great question. Thanks, Uri. Zachary Shiloh at Z-A-C-S-H-I-130 asks me, would I ever go to a live GCW wrestling show? The answer is yes. If I'm ever in the area, I will do so. Do I see Osprey entering the G1 this year? Um, probs. Would Jericho as the IWGP champ, Mox as US champ, and Osprey as junior champ help G1 Dallas ticket sales? Um, I mean, I think Mox is already gonna be drawing some eyes for sure. Uh, obviously, we know what happened with Dominion, that Jericho was not the champ. But, but you know, if he was ever going to show up, sure, that would definitely draw attention. And as for... 
Oh, Osprey. Yes. Um, I mean, he's very attractive. Yeah. But you know what I think is interesting about New Japan? And I feel like a lot of people went recently to New Japan, like subscribed to it or watched it at least because Mox was there and Jericho was going to be there. And I feel like New Japan got a lot of new fans. So that's really exciting. Thanks, Zach. Chris from North Carolina <laughs> at black underscore Baymax 8. He asks, what moments in wrestling flat out made you go, what the fuck? <laughs> Good and bad way. <laughs> um, the first time I ever watched Orange Cassidy wrestle, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? But it was so entertaining. So that was in a good way. And the Ibushi Naito match when Naito dropped Ibushi on his head and neck on the apron at Dominion, that made me go, what the fuck, in a bad way. Because I thought Ibushi was injured. So that was really scary. Thanks, Chris. Ah, yes. <laughs> Matt Granberry at the Illustrious G40 asks, Mustard or mayo on your sandwich? Mustard with corned beef or, like, anything on rye, basically, needs mustard. So roast beef or whatever on rye bread. Mayo with turkey or with, like, a chicken breast type vibe. Yeah. Never both at the same time, though. I, I never put both on the same time. Thanks, Matt. Courtney, a.k.a. The Switch Babe, at A-X-I-M-I-L-I-5-5, -I -I asks, How does Jay get the title back? Oh, boo-boo. This is a big question, isn't it? I don't know that he's getting it back this year. I just, I'm not sure about that. But I think he's going to get it back next year. Maybe as he rises up and challenges Naito, because I think Naito might be in that picture, or Ibushi after Dominion, right? I think Ibushi's going to win the G1, so they're going to book an Okada-Ibushi match. I'd be here for that at Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, Jay White and Ibushi, that could be interesting. I hope it comes soon, though, girl. 2020. Thanks so very much for your questions. Now, there were a few other questions that I really do need to take the time and sit back and think about. So I'm going to save those for a future episode. But thank you so much for sending them in. All right, everyone. Now it's time for the Jester and Crown of the Week. We're going to start with the Jester of the Week. Ooh. And the Jester of the Week is going to Yoshihashi. I mean, you kind of impressed me, but I really just don't understand what's going on. I just, I'm not, no. Suzuki-gun should have won that match, hands down, no questions asked. I'm sure there's going to be a cool story, but Yoshihashi? Bruh, no. Sorry, pal. And now for the crown of the week. Yes, queen. <laughs> That's right. The crown of the week is going to that Will Ospreay Dragon Lee match at Dominion. Bruh. It was so good. Everything that I thought it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a great match. I felt like it was going to be a great match, and it was. I actually really like this Dominion card as a whole, so they're going to get the crown of the week, other than poor Yoshihashi, who will just be the jester until I see otherwise. <laughs> Sorry, pal. But that brings us to a close of this week's Queen's Court. I hope you loved it. I had such a fun time chatting with Warren I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Big shout out to him and thank you again for coming on. 
Y'all, I got big things planned for Queen's Court. I got a couple of really cool surprises coming your way. And I hope that you will be very happy with what's up next. So as always, please enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to one another. Thank you.